People have gathered around ideas since the beginning of time. Each successful collaboration pushing innovation forward, building a stronger future. Motorists Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have combined decades of experience to create an even better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders. Encircling businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Clearance. Welcome, everyone, to episode 190 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Toporek, and today we need to discuss an attempted mutiny by the Chicago Bulls, another blockbuster trade, this time involving fan favorite Matthew Dellavedova, and Joel Embiid being unhappy with his role in Philly since the Jimmy Butler trade. Before we get to all of that, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter, at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian, because I've had an idea. Shouldn't you and I create, like, a, what do you call it, leadership committee? <laughs> I was going to ask, are you going to attempt to throw me overboard at any point during this podcast? <laughs> Uh, if if I'm Jim Boyland, huh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not sure. Exactly. So, Mort, I know our last episode was all Bulls, so we're going to consolidate the Bulls talk this time. But yes, that's been please. the talk of NBA Twitter and really the entire NBA for the last 48 hours. So we just got to start with the Bulls again. So Jim Boyland takes over as head coach after they fire Fred Hoiberg. He starts running these like military style practices. He's saying their condition the team's conditioning is awful, so they're, you know, multi-hour doing push-ups, wind sprints, suicides, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. They go in and play the Celtics on Saturday night, get beat down by 56 points. The worst <laughs> loss in franchise history, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Great. <laughs> uh, he at, at in the first half and the second half he does the full like line shift five man substitution because he's not happy with how the starters are playing, and in the second half it happened like within a minute, which really pissed them off. After the game, he says, "Well, good thing is now you know now the starters aren't tired. We can run another heavy practice tomorrow, keeping in mind they're just fresh off of a back to back." So the Bulls, in theory, are going to have this ridiculously hard practice Sunday morning. The players start texting Saturday night and Sunday morning. They say, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't come to practice. Like, what if what happens if we just don't show up? Robin Lopez and Laurie Markinen talk them out of it. They do show up, but instead of practicing, they first have a players-only meeting, then they meet with the coach himself. Uh, there, there's also a report out there. I think it was uh, Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports who said they also reached out to the National Basketball Players Association on Sunday because of what they felt were extreme tactics by Jim Boylan. So, what? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> we already touched on the whole Garpax angle last week, so I want to focus on you know on Boylan and the team right now. But like, where do they go from here after this week? Well, you left something out, which I think oh. is very crucial. Oh boy. Okay. Over the course of that last week, you know, Boylan has consistently um, mentioned that he used to work with Greg Popovich. Right. Like that's been a consistent factor in the way that he's coached and the players have reacted to this more or less by saying well you know what you're not greg popovich (laughs) right because he kind of argued hey you know the five-man sub that's something pop did and the way that he coached that's what pop did right yeah but pop gets more leeway than a guy who's had like what three at that time three you know, head coaching games under his belt. Well, four because he was actually he took over for Hoiberg when he was sick once. But like that's, you can't compare a guy who's won five NBA championship and like literally hundreds of. I don't I, I don't remember if Pop has broken the one thousand win mark. I think he has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but like there's just no comparison and just using Pop as sort of this, you know, example. Right. It's just so dumb. Yeah. And insulting to the intelligence of the players, honestly. Right. Um, so, so in terms of asking me, like, <laughs> where do I think it goes from here? Not better. <laughs> Not better whatsoever. Um, because management, apparently, is fully on board on the crazy train right now. <laughs> uh, they actually came out of this, you know, with the whole world saying, this is wrong, this is wrong. Bulls management said, oh, this is so right. This right. is so right. This works. We are even more in love with this hard-nosed coach than we were before, which I find a little bit ironic because part of the reason they fired Tibbs, if I'm not mistaken, was the whole, oh, he's too hard on his players. He's not a player's coach ideology. Right. So, yeah, guess what I'm saying is I'm sensing a pattern. Right. Because let's go back. You had Scott Skiles back in the day, was replaced by Vinny Del Negro, mm-hmm. a player's coach, mm-hmm. who was replaced by Tom was replaced by Fred, was replaced by Boylan. Yeah. So the next guy is going to be a human marshmallow? <laughs> just Right, it's like a pendulum swinging in both directions, but they can't Completely. stop it in the middle. Like, it's just one extreme to the other, back right. and forth, and back and forth. Which, but... is, which really boils down the guard pack ex- experience over <laughs> the past 15 years. Right. Right. I mean, to your point, so Malika Andrews of ESPN reported you know john paxson the team president has committed to boylan beyond the season which quote appears to have given boylan more latitude to be perhaps more aggressive uh she said paxson and general general manager gar foreman are fully supportive of boylan's hard driving changes with the bulls including sunday's meeting the longer harder practices and the more confrontational intense style both paxson and foreman attended the meetings with the players sunday morning at the practice facility so, to your point, I mean, they're on board with this. Like, this is this is coming from the top down. Mm-hmm. But clearly the players are not on board with this. Nor should they. I was actually hoping that they wouldn't have shown up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean I, at this point, I just want more drama, honestly. <laughs> well, I'm with you. You know, like, it, you raise a fair point that he, he keeps saying, like, well, Popovich did it, and I'm trying to emulate Popovich, but... Popovich built up that goodwill over time, but as you said, becoming one of the winningest coaches in NBA history, and you know he he really cares for his players off the court. This guy just coming in 
like guns blazing. You need you need to like establish a rapport with these players. I know he's been an assistant mm-hmm. for a while, but your role changes as the head coach, and you need to build up that trust and build up that rapport instead of just coming out and treating them like high school kids. Like these are grown ass men. Right. They are professionals. I know they're not playing well. I know they're one of the worst teams in the NBA. But if you treat them like college kids, I know they're all still really young. But, like, there's a balance you need to find first before you can just come in and be, like, you know, the hard-ass military guy. Because if, right. you, if you do that, you, like, you know, this first impression matters. And I feel I'm concerned for the Bulls and for their fans that the players aren't going to forget this. Like, he may have lost the team already, which is ironic given that they just fired the coach for allegedly losing the team. Well, here's the thing. He never had it. Right. He never had the locker room because, you know, unofficial reports, meaning, you know, what you hear mm-hmm. in from second or third tier sources, you know, he was never a favorite among the play, amongst the players. Mm. Like, he was just hired after the firing of Fred, and the players were just, ugh, ugh. We've yeah. known this guy for three years. You know, <laughs> just, he's nothing special. Right. Like there is no ounce of respect there. Yeah. Uh, there, there hasn't been before, and there isn't now. So that, and and I think you need to take that into consideration when you're hiring a coach or you're promoting someone else. Like, what is the current rapport of of this guy with the team? Mm-hmm. And three years in, and haven't you know won over the respect of that team? That that's a red flag to me, at least. Yeah, I agree. So do you think there's, you know, I asked this question last week and you basically said no, but now that things got even worse, do you think there's any hope they pull out of this tailspin now that marketing's back? You know, Chris Dunn came back last night. They're starting to get a little bit healthier. Define tailspin. Winning games is one thing. Mm -hmm. Like the drama is the tailspin. Right. Yeah. Do you think they can pull out of that part? No. <laughs> so, over the past seven years, what has been the one constant surrounding the Chicago Bulls? Turmoil, turmoil, drama. Yeah. yeah. Like John Paxson almost beat Vinny Del Negro. Like <laughs> right. we we lose sight of fact, sight right. of that. I mean, my point is, you know, it's no. I mean, the Bulls could win. They they could be a five hundred team moving forward mm-hmm. for, for the rest of the season theoretically, and that would be a great basketball result. Right. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. Again, I mean, I'm just trying to be truthful here. It's not going to matter. And Boylan apparently believes that, oh, they have a great chance at luring free agents this next summer. <laughs> right. Like, this is this is not going to hurt the free agent process. You know, oh, yeah. like, yeah, I, I don't think you should count on that, bro. Right. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of free agents are lining up to play for a six and twenty-two team that has a super hard-ass coach. Right, and and you know players talk, and nobody likes garbacks on right. that team. Right, and and that is you know well known around the league that you can't trust those guys. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, it's just it's all bad. And and before we lock up the Bulls, Brian, yeah, can, can we just give a shout out to Ricky O'Donnell? Yes, yeah. If you haven't seen it today. Uh, Ricky, it took him a while to channel his rage, I guess, but he finally did so. Uh, put out a piece on SB Nation about why John Paxson needs to fire himself. Basically just goes through the last 15 years of his management and 
as you alluded to, Moyet, especially the last half decade or so, has just been a pure tire fire. Um, and it's, you know, it, it seems like the owner, Jerry Reinsdorf, is not going to do it. So right. if Paxson doesn't fire himself, which admittedly seems like a stretch, it just seems like this might go on in perpetuity. I mean, I don't smoke, but I needed a cigarette after we <laughs> Yeah. It was it was just pure fire all around. Shout, shout out oh, to Ricky for glorious. that. Glorious. Glorious. Yeah. And, and a friend of the podcast. We've had him on. We Indeed. Indeed. So let's shift gears more. I guess we're actually going to stay in the Central Division because we had another giant blockbuster. People have gathered around ideas since the beginning of time. Each successful collaboration pushing innovation forward, building a stronger future. Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have combined decades of experience to create an even better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders. Encircling businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Your trade uh, the mm. other day. I think it was Friday night. We had Matthew Delavadova going right. back to Cleveland. Along with John Henson and a pair of draft picks in 2021. A first round pick and a second round pick. The Bucks get George Hill and Sam Decker from the Cavs, and then Milwaukee then traded Decker to Jason to Washington for Jason Smith and a future second round pick. How do you like Correct. the deal for? Let's start with Milwaukee. So, initially, when when I saw that deal, I was my immediate reaction was, "Wow, Milwaukee kind of overpaid to get George Hill in." Mm-hmm. But at that point in time, I had completely forgotten that he only had a $1 million guarantee for next season. Yep. Meaning they basically acquired a certain level of cap space. Yeah. And a decent player at the same time. You know, and um, so so I like it from that perspective. I do think, however, it is, um, I don't want to say it's weird, but I, I was thrown off that Milwaukee actually played the free agency game, which they are essentially doing like long term mm-hmm. because this is a year where they could legitimately be a finals contender. Right. So I was kind of wondering why they would sacrifice all that to to get George Hill in. Like, don't get me wrong, a locked in and focused George Hill is actually a damn good player. Yeah. And you know what? He might turn into that in Milwaukee. Like Bud might actually open his game up a little bit more. If that's true, go for it. And then mm-hmm. they might not even, you know, sacrifice anything in the in the short term. Um, it just all depends on a lot of the moving parts that we need to to figure out how are are going to be moving forward. Right. Yeah. I think Milwaukee's rationale here is one: their backup point guard spot was just a little bit shakier than you would hope yeah. for what would you know theoretically be a finals contender. George Hill is going to fix that very quickly. I mean. He played for the Cavs last year and made it to the finals, and that should help a lot. Uh, Henson also, you know, to your point about the free agency stuff, 
Henson would had I think he's signed for one more year. He's owed eight point seven million next year, mm. and then Delhi as well. I believe his contract goes through. Um, yeah. Yeah, another year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it's a lot of money to free up, and like I don't know that they're necessarily going to play the free agent game. I don't think they're trying to necessarily like lure another free agent. But they just have a lot of guys they need to resign. Assuming, you know, Chris Middleton, for one, is mm-hmm. going to get maxed. I would, I think it's fair to assume at this point that he's going to get maxed, whether in Milwaukee or somewhere else, just because of the supply and demand of, like, these right. top-tier guys. And, you know, if if KD stays with the Warriors, Kawhi stays with Toronto, Jimmy Butler stays with Philly, like, all these teams, the Knicks, the Lakers, all these teams, the Bulls that have been saying, we're going to get this star free agent in 2019 – the market's just not going to have enough guys to be that star free agent on the move. So someone's going to pay up for Chris Middleton. Eric mm-hmm. Bledsoe is also a free agent. I mean, they, they're limited in what they can offer Brooke Ro- Lopez, but I'm going to assume they're going to try to re-sign him as well. So Oh, for sure. Yeah, so I think that's probably more their thinking. It's not necessarily like a free agent thing. I think it's more like we need to duck the tax we wouldn't be able to retain all of those guys plus be playing, you know, Delhi is getting paid 9.6 million next year. So what that's almost 18 million right there between Delhi and Henson that they potentially shed next season. I think that that just helps them ducking the tax next year. And then this, you know, like neither one of those guys were really making a gigantic you know, Henson played 14 games for them. Delhi played 12. They weren't making a huge yeah. impact. So I think it's really it's a uh, upgrade this year on their prospects because Hill's going to be more of a rotation player than for them than the other two guys. And then also moving forward, it you know it helps them out potentially retaining their guys or making other moves in free agency, and it costs them a a first round pick as as well it should. I think it was you know as you said, it's a a lot to give up, but for shedding eighteen million in salary next year, I think it's a fair price. The thing I was looking at also, because you meant you brought up Bledsoe, mm-hmm. I was kind of looking at it as well as if they lose Bledsoe because he's an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, you know he he could he could leave for anyone. Sure. Um, like then you had the option of just like not waving George Hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and running with him as your starter next year. Because his salary, I know there's a guaranteed date on it, but I want to say it's not until, like... It's July 1st, actually, oh, but at it? that point, so okay. he, yeah, so you would have to rely on, you know, Intel and back yeah. channels. Yeah. But, like, yeah, and I know no NBA teams ever <laughs> do, does that. So, right. Right. So, so you need to gauge what's going to happen. Yeah. Thing is, like, because you just brought up something that you've actually brought up several times on this pod, which is very interesting. And, and that is the amount of players versus the amount of money available yeah. this summer. Mm-hmm. Eric Bledsoe, no, don't get me wrong, fine yeah. player. Yeah. But this dude could get paid in an open market. You're right. And you have to wonder if Milwaukee is looking at that situation going, you know what? I'm not, we're not that keen on potentially paying Eric Bledsoe $25 million a year That's for a, three years. It's a really good call. Yeah. He he's he's not even like on my radar as a guy who's gonna get overpaid, but you're so right. He is definitely gonna get overpaid. Like oh for wild. sure, 
Yeah. So so here's more hot take. Eric Bledsoe is gone by the trade deadline. Ooh. That is a hot take. I like that. Because you think they're just, they're aware of what's coming. They don't want any part of it. And they could keep George Hill for next year. They can. And then, you know, you, you're not going to get anything of major significance for Eric Bledsoe. Yeah. Because he's a free agent. Sure. But, like, whatever you can get, like, take it. Mm. I mean. That's interesting. I mean, I could understand that rationale. And I think it's fair. I don't know. <sighs> yeah, I guess it just right, depends. Sacrifice on, the now, right? It depends on what they could get for him. Like if they could get a mm-hmm. first round pick, maybe. But like, they do have a legit chance to make the finals this year. Yeah, I don't think that sends a good message to Giannis, and they need to keep an eye on that with him. You know, like right. teams are already lining up to just snake around. You know, he's signed for three more years, but if you trade a guy who can really help your cause this year. I, I do think Milwaukee has to worry about that somewhat, but it's a fair point. I mean, they, they just gave themselves a good backup plan if and when, or if I should say, Eric Bledsoe leaves or if he gets priced out or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, But I, just, sorry to interrupt, yeah, but go I just got to ask you this. What is like a stronger signal to Giannis though? Mm-hmm. Hey, we lost your guy for nothing. Or, mm. hey, we saw the writing on the wall and we at least got something in return that can help you. Yeah, I mean, again, it'll come down to what they could get for him. But I think if it's if they trade Bledsoe for like a prospect and a pick, that's not neither one of those guys are going to help this year. Like, obviously, the pick won't because it won't be the NBA. Then right. Giannis has to sit there and wonder, like, damn, dude, could we have made the finals if we didn't trade Eric Bledsoe? Like, could we have beaten Toronto or Boston or Philly or whoever and, like, made some real noise in the playoffs, but instead, because my ownership is cheap and didn't want to pay Eric Bledsoe, then we lost our shot, and now I've got two more years left, and I'm getting a little frustrated? True. But then what if they ship him to Chicago for Justin Holliday and Robin Lopez? No, see, that would be interesting. If it, I think if it's a, if it's for someone who can help this year... That changes the calculus a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think if it's like if it's really just a, you know, pick and prospect or whatever, like if it's something more forward looking, right? That's where you start to run into problems. But that won't be a problem because what kind of team would offer that for yeah. Eric Bledsoe, who's on an expiring deal and would have to be looking, you know, would have to be paying him like. I don't know, $25 million a year, $26 million a year to retain him in free agency, and there's not even a guarantee. Right. I, mean, I just, I don't think that deal is out there. Phoenix? Can we get... Can... <laughs> oh, his, his glory is returned to Phoenix? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but, but it's it's a tricky situation because that was my initial reaction to It was like, why would you do this now? Like, why right. would you... you and and also it's the sacrificing of the first round draft pick that threw me because mm-hmm. you just know how valuable they are. Yeah. And I, what I was thinking is if I'm Milwaukee, I probably wouldn't have used a first rounder to get myself financial financial flexibility. I would have used that first rounder in a trade, sure, but I would used it to get a difference maker in there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I still get the rationale. I mean, it's not like this is insanely dumb or anything. I mean, they're. 
this does provide them with, and I hate this word, but flexibility. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think the only ones that really make sense for a Bledsoe dump now would be Orlando, maybe. And I, again, I just don't, maybe you get like Fournier back uh, or New York, I guess, Courtney Lee and something. Yeah. yeah. Those, those would make more sense, right? Yeah. But you're right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that there are a lot of teams that make sense, especially New York can just pay him this summer. So they're probably not giving Mm. up anything of significant import. Orlando, maybe, but like, who? I just don't know. I don't, I don't know how you find a workable deal. I guess it could be Fournier or like. You want a curveball? Sure. Don't you say John Philly? Wall. Oh, okay. Good. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on if the Bucks are willing to pay the tax, but that's that's the thing. Like yeah. he's a souped-up Bledsoe, right? And you you would have to at least look at his physical decline, and you would have to look at. You know the projections of how he's going to be over the next four years, right? During his super duper mega extension, <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be a ton of money, but that deal is there. Yeah, you yeah. might even you might even get a pick, and then Washington that frees up some flexibility if they want it. They could just pay Bledsoe right. and not give him an aggressively high contract like the. Or they could just let him go and then build around Bradley Beal and Otto Porter like they probably should be doing. Yeah. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Uh, It is worth noting also the protection that that first round pick is protected, according to Zach Lowe. Lottery in 2021, top 10 in 2022, uh, top 10 and 25 and 30 in 2023. Top eight yeah, in twenty twenty four, and then converts two seconds in twenty twenty five if not conveyed. So, lots of protections involved, but it, they did protect themselves from giving up like a truly, truly primo pick, which is smart. Given you know, again, Giannis is a free agent in twenty twenty one. We don't know what this Bucks team is going to look like in five years. They did protect themselves from like absolute catastrophe, right? Which which is smart. Uh, let's look at it from the Cavs side of things. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance mm-hmm. what you think yeah. <laughs> i mean sure no look it's fine i just you know they're not going anywhere anyway right i mean they also took on uh, alec burks mm-hmm. uh, earlier on yeah i mean i get where they're going with this it's not going to turn them into you know, a, a good team all of a sudden. It's not going to turn them into a more winning basketball team, which I actually think is a goal. That should be a goal. They, they, the goal should be, hey, we shouldn't get better right, right. now. Oh, we no. should we should become as bad as we could possibly do. Uh, be. And then, you know, come lottery, we'll do our, our typical post-LeBron thing and, and, you know, win the first-round pick. <laughs> right. Uh, 
So it's fine. It's yeah. but but it's not something where I sat there and went, "Oh, that's a slam dunk for him." Like no, it's just, it's it's fine. Like I just I'm looking at it over the roster and you know, what can you really do if you're Cleveland? Like yeah. you, you don't have any assets, you know, to to get like a high pick. Like right. they got the protected pick yeah. and all that. Like nothing they have of from the veterans outside of Kevin Love really you know, is 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 going to provide them with a good solid return, right. and maybe even Kevin Love is not included in that. It depends on what the market says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just think this is like, as you said, they they were never going to get a huge haul for George Hill, but like this is the type of trade right. you need to make. You know, use his. It's an effectively expiring contract, as you said. It's got a one million dollar guaranteed next year, but. That makes yes. it more valuable in a sense that you can use it to acquire big salaries, and then the team that's acquiring him can have the freedom to cut him for very little next year. But as you said, this is all about the pick. I mean, they took on again like eighteen million in salary for a pretty heavily protected first round pick, which is not mm. not super ideal. But I mean, it's better than just letting that George Hill contract go to waste. Agreed. Uh, how about the Washington side of things? Well, they got out of Jason Smith's deal. Yeah. So, I guess. That's fine. Decker is okay. Yeah. Like, they need wing depth, especially if they're really considering trading Otto or they aren't confident in their ability to re-sign Kelly Oubre after this year. Right. I mean, with Decker, I, I feel that he was better in the past. It, it mm-hmm. seems like he had significantly more trade value coming in like in, during his first couple of years mm-hmm. and he sort of plateaued a little bit yeah but I, I guess there is like yeah yeah i think you're right there might be a chance he could turn into something here if given the opportunity like he's not a bad player by any stretch it's just imagine a, a question rather of finding his niche right figuring out how to get his shots you know what type of role is he gonna get um I just have zero belief in this Washington Wizards organization in terms of doing anything structured. <laughs> right. I mean, they're not on the Chicago Bulls level, but they're pretty bad. They just need, like, Otto has taken over the Trevor Ariza role of just hitting those corner threes off of John Wall, you know, drives and kicks. Like, Decker mm. could be that guy. I mean, he's not an awful shooter by any stretch. Like, he... You know, right. he, he had a pretty bad year with the Clippers, but like in 20, I guess, last season. But this yes. year he shot 38.5% from three in really small sample size, admittedly. Only only 13 shots, but, you know, he he's he it's there. Like he's not a Ben Simmons. He's going to take three-point shots. So if he can just stand in the corner and space the floor that may provide some value to Washington and what for what they gave up who cares i mean i think right. the the but, overall oh my point word hmm? i had not seen his three point shooting from last year i know i yeah. i really hadn't i mean that's a gross negligence on my part having not seen that. he played in 73 games yeah well he only took 60 shots 63. and he took only six, six no nah, yeah no 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 last year for for the from the for the Clippers, yeah, sixty threes, yeah, in 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 seventy three games, like sixty attempts, right. made ten, yeah, and the year before he'd made sixty, yeah. like what the heck happened there? 
I hadn't even seen that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the overall point is this doesn't move the needle all that much for the no. Wizards, but, like, it's fine. And if they needed a third team to complete the deal, great. Like, it's whatever. I mean, at least they have some control over him. He's a, I believe he's a restricted free agent after this year. So, again, it's probably insurance for right. Ray or Porter or whatever. Some team is going to give him like $7 million a year just because he's young. Yeah, I, it's possible. Maybe he'll be oh, a wizard. Oh, oh, no, no. Like, we, we need to start a hashtag campaign to stop overpaying players. <laughs> We're going to have to run that a lot leading up to July. I'm just going to say that yes. much. No repeat of 2016. Oh, it's going to be. Yeah, I know. I know. All right, let's move on to Philly. We got- Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Some news. Well, first of all, we got news about Mark Fultz that I guess we could hit on very quickly. Uh, they right. diagnosed him with thoracic outlet syndrome. We were going to have a doctor come on, one of my wife's co-workers, and discuss what that is. But a lot of actual medical professionals have actually released information about that and about faults in the past few or since the diagnosis anyway so i i think hopefully if you have not had a chance to check it out go read about it it doesn't sound like it's permanent i mean there's a wide swath of causes uh that could be contributing to it you know some people have to get like a rib removed before it gets fixed but it sounds like right now they're just planning on having him go through physical therapy so it doesn't sound like surgery is an option at this point uh they projected him to be back somewhere between three and six weeks and for all of you who are making jokes about the sixers medical staff for once it sounds like it might not totally be their fault because this is apparently just a really hard thing to diagnose like you kind of have to do process of elimination to figure out it's not this it's not this it's not this okay maybe it's tos so hope you know at this point look I don't think any team is taking Mark Fultz in a trade until he gets back and proves that he can raise his arms above his head and shoot a 15-foot jump shot. So at this point, like for his sake, I hope this is really what it is. I hope this brings him some peace of mind. You know, I, I was tweeting about this like when this diagnosis came out. Right when we started this podcast, I was dealing mm-hmm. with what I thought was a hamstring at the time, a hamstring issue, and I was going to PT, and it was only getting worse and it was like you know i couldn't sleep for more than a couple hours at a time it like it just wears on you after a while finally after a oh, month, i remember yeah like i couldn't sit down crooked yeah i couldn't sit I like regret. i was we have webcams up. on each other at all times when we record and i still remember your back like you were you were not sitting comfortably in that no. seat and you were like you were just skewered like to thirty <laughs> degrees the one. I know. Yeah, I couldn't sit on my left side. So then like finally we figured out it was a bulging disc. I got an injection. That just immediately like my symptoms went away within a day. Knock on wood, I haven't had anything since. But and you know, this is 
a, a small potatoes to what Markel Fultz has been going through over the last year and a half. But like I could sympathize with it's really frustrating to have your body betraying you. I can only imagine if you're a professional athlete and like your livelihood depends on it and you just can't figure out what's going on. So at this point, prayers up that like this is it. We you know, he gets it straightened out. And they can just, like, finally move on. We can forget this year and a half ever happened. And Markel gets back to being the player he was coming into the draft. Uh, with all of that said, we got to talk about Joel Embiid. Because he gave some comments. You know, he he hadn't been playing. Like, naturally, I plugged him as an MVP candidate, like, an episode or two ago. And then he just immediately went into the tank and just hasn't been playing all that well lately. So... The Sixers held him out of Friday night's game against the Pistons. Uh, they just said, like, he's playing too much. He needs a game off. And Bede talks to Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer. And he says he's not tired. That's not the reason he's struggling. He's saying it's his role uh, since the Jimmy Butler trade. So he, he says, and I quote, I haven't been myself lately. I think it's mainly because of the way I've been used, which is I'm being used as a spacer, I guess, a stretch five which I'm only shooting 29% from three-point range. But it seems like the past couple games, like with the way I play, our setup, head coach Brett Brown always has me starting on the perimeter, and it really frustrates me. My body feels great, and it's just I haven't been playing well. Mm -hmm. How nervous should I be and should Sixers fans be that he went to the media about this? It's Joel Embiid who goes to the media regarding everything. So. <laughs> Usually social media, though. It doesn't matter. Look, I'm not nervous at all. I mean, he's just trying to send through a message. What bothers me, to be honest with you, is Sixers Twitter on this. Like, so many guys came out like, oh, this is what Butler means. Like, he and Butler have beef. Oh, no. This wasn't a Butler-related issue. Well, it is on the court. Mm-hmm. But, like, they, it's not a Butler problem. Like, they right. don't have beef. They yeah. don't have any problem. It's about, oh, we just got an, a high-volume all-star player in on our roster, meaning he's going to take up a lot of possessions. How do I maximize myself while balancing those possessions that Jimmy needs to, to take? Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Jimmy's a slasher. He's not like a shooter. He's not Steph Curry. He's a slasher. So mm-hmm. he gets to the cup a lot, meaning that if... Joel Embiid is down by the rim. He occupies that space. Then you have Jimmy's defender. You'll have Joel Embiid's defender right there clocking the the lane completely for a Jimmy Butler drive, which is a good play. That's usually a high percentage play if he's given the space. That means Embiid needs to step out a little bit more, and he feels uncomfortable with that because He's been beasting down low all year. He's right. been fouling out fools left and right. And all. I, look, I mean, look, he could have written a children's book called How to Foul Out a Guy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's just, uh, that's, that's what he's done. And obviously, he just wants to maintain that success. And he's challenging the coaching staff to figure out a way to, to you know, apply them both at the same time. Look, Jimmy Butler was asked about this, mm-hmm. and he had a very mature response and also said, you know, Joel is our, is our best player. Yeah. Which, like, take note of that, by the way. Like, game recognizes game. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not super concerned about it. Like, there's no way 
at least that I know of publicly, to track like where a player is at all times on the court. Mm. His three-point attempts have not significantly gone up or down since the Butler trade. Right. Which is, again, not a perfect measure of this, but just to give some perspective, he was shooting 4.23s in 35 minutes per game in the 14 games before the Butler trade. He's at 4.13s in 33.8 minutes in the 14 games since. So, you know, a lot of those are the YOLO threes that both you and I could live without. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. And, and, like, I agree. I mean, he probably is not getting as many touches down low as he was before the trade. But as you said, like, that that's in part because Butler's a slasher and in part because the Sixers just need more spacing in general. Like, we'll see what happens after December 15th when all these guys who were signed as free agents can be traded. We'll see what happens after the buyout happens and like maybe they bring in someone that way uh i don't think the sixers team you see right now is the sixers team that will be together come april 15th when the playoffs start and frankly this is why you trade for jimmy butler in november instead of at the trade deadline because it's going to take time for these guys to figure out the best ways to play together but you know brett brett brown was saying like i don't think this is a jimmy butler problem like i think jimmy butler only increases the likelihood of us having better spacing what he didn't say but what i think he alluded to and what i think is the long-term concern for the sixers team this is a ben simmons problem yeah like you need if to maximize ben simmons you need four spacers around him unless he's willing to take jump shots and can hit them at a semi-regular rate joel Embiid operates best on the block as you said and Jimmy Butler is a great cutter as well. So you've got three guys who do a lot of their damage near the basket. And, you know, that that's the million-dollar question hanging over the Sixers team, ultimately. I think Embiid and Butler can work together long-term. I think Embiid and Simmons can work, but I don't know if you're, like, going to maximize either guy with them playing alongside one, one another. That said... I'm not saying the Sixers need to trade Simmons right now. And if they do ultimately decide to go that route, they need to get just a monster offer to even consider it. Mm-hmm. Given his upside, his age, the amount of team control left on him. You know, like this isn't going to be like a Kawhi Leonard. We get DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Pertl. Like, <laughs> no, that's, you got to start with like a top 20 player and go from there. But you know, I think that's kind of the the question looming over the the fit of Embiid and Butler and Simmons is like, can this work if Simmons doesn't have a jump shot? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I know who that player is, by the way. I've brought him up a couple times. You have, you have. Damian Lillard. Yeah, I mean that's that's interesting. It's a really, I would be because like that could help Portland get unstuck too. That would be a really interesting trade. I don't know it that would. I. I don't know that I say no to it. Like I, I would really have to think long and hard about, because like you're right, like a, a Lillard, Butler, Embiid, big three, is pretty ridiculous. It's just like that you know, solves all the spacing issues. It immediately. does. It does. It's just you know Lillard is older and is a worse defender, but yeah, that might be a sacrifice you make. At a certain point. Oh, yeah. 
absolutely. Like, the defense is not there. But here's the thing. I actually had a tweet about this today. I don't think people have recognized just how good Dame is yeah. as an offensive player. Yeah. You know, we all talk about, you know, or even back in the day, oh, Carmelo Anthony is such a, the most natural score in the league. Now it's KD. Now it's Kyrie. You know, well, it, it was never Kyrie, but he was brought up in that conversation. Mm-hmm. You know who should have been brought up in that conversation? Dame. Yeah. yeah. He's over the over the past four years, he's averaged twenty six point four points a game, mm. and has done so while taking over eight threes a game and seven three throws. Oh, plus ninety percent from the free throw line during that time. <laughs> I guess that's good. Is that good? Yeah. That's pretty good. Sure yeah. as hell beats Ben Simmons from <laughs> that from the line at least. Right. No, but I'm I'm just saying I get. You know, the potential of Ben. Yeah. I'm not being, you know, dumb here and saying, oh, he's not going to turn into anything. Of course he is. Right. Like, this is a a guy who's, you know, he's he's that triple-double guy that actually does the triple-double thing without necessarily stat padding yeah. while also playing defense. Right. So, it's not the Russell Westbrook triple-double going on there. It's a legitimate thing where he just, you know, kind of waddles into triple-doubles. Yeah. Coincidentally. Right. right. Um. And and when you have that size and the ability to handle the ball, pass, defend so many levels, like he can defend, he, I, I would I would go as far as he can actually defend the rim as a shot blocker down the line, like legitimately. Yeah. And he can also guard ones and twos and threes. Like there's no no position he can't guard really. So there's obviously obviously a lot a lot of potential there. Mm-hmm. But man, a Dame Butler Embiid trio. If you also succeed in retaining JJ Redick in that trade, mm-hmm. I mean that's that's a foursome right there that offensively at least can put the rest of the East on notice. Yeah, like you have everything. You have the greatest post player since Shaq. Mm-hmm. You have one of the best wing two way wings in the entire league in Butler, and then you have one of the most pure scores. We've actually ever seen at the point guard position. Yeah. Yeah. Come on now. Like, don't... I know Philly fans will be like, no, but we love Ben. Hey, man, I do too. I get it. But you cannot tell me that on some level, that's not attractive. Yeah, I mean, that that's the whole point of, like, this is what I would term a challenge trade, where it's like, both teams don't immediately say no to this, I don't think, or they shouldn't. Right. Like, it's... That's one worth... Like really sitting down and being like, all right, what do we hope to accomplish this year? What do, what's our plan three years down the line, five years down the line? Does this core have championship upside? If not, maybe you take the gamble. It's it's a really interesting idea. And you're right. It would totally like all of Joel Abid would not go back to Keith Pompey if they make that trade. Because I again I really think that's that's what it comes down to. It's not an Embiid Jimmy thing, it's an Embiid Ben thing. And that went unsaid, mm-hmm. but you know, that's, again, it's just like hovering over the organization. And it will be until Ben can start right. shooting jumpers. And also, the Ben-Joel thing, it's not just playing-wise. Yeah. Like, yeah. we've heard a few rumblings. Not that they're, you know, nothing negative. Just that they're not really engaging one another. Which means that there is going to be a cap on their chemistry. And here's the thing with Dame, which has been grossly underreported for years now mm-hmm. like he's a locker room leader he's right. a really good guy 
Mm-hmm. And much like Joel and, and Jimmy, he also works his ass off. Not saying that Ben doesn't, because mm-hmm. Ben sure as hell works his ass off. I'm just saying that you, there's not going to be anything on, on Littered where you go, oh, he's not putting in the work. Right. Oh, he's, he's absolutely putting the work. And he's a great communicator, great teammate. So you won't get you know, another introvert. Mm-hmm. You'll actually get a guy who can come in and say, hey, you know what, guys, let's lift it up and all that. And he would also have the respect of Jimmy immediately. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. It'd be really interesting. It's. I mean... It would. Look, this the Sixers team's going to be a drama. It's like <laughs> the Bulls are like a bad drama-filled mess. The Sixers are a good drama-filled mess. But like there's some stuff percolating that... The just... Bulls are days of our lives. The Sixers <laughs> are like a CW show. Yeah, was, it's entertaining. I was going to say they're like Grey's Anatomy. Like they're successful. But so everyone's sleeping with one another. Yeah, or dying, which <laughs> or happens dying. to be the case. <laughs> Might be the perfect analogy, in fact. All right, Mort. Before we wrap up, uh, I I think we should at least talk a few minutes about Rick Buecher had a column last week on Bleacher Report titled "Why Doesn't Anyone Get to Old Navy for the Biggest Sale of the Year? Up to sixty percent off all back to school styles for kids and baby. Get flip flops for two bucks, graphic tees for four bucks, shorts for six dollars, and jeans for eight dollars. Right now, get the best kids styles at kid size prices: just two, four, six, and eight dollars. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in store free today. Up to sixty percent off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and Old Navy. Dot com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance want to play with lebron anymore and it really i mean it dominated every nba conversation for a couple days at least that i saw i think mostly it was the quotes from kevin durant that seemed to really pique people's interest so i'm going to read them out loud right now uh you know he was talking again like why why certain stars in particular might not want to join lebron and he said right it depends on what kind of player you are if you're Kyle Korver, then it makes sense because Kyle Korver in Atlanta was the bulk of the offense and he's not a number one option at all, not even close. So his talents benefit more from a guy who can pass and penetrate and get him open. If you're a younger player like a Kawhi, trying to pair him with LeBron James doesn't really make sense. Kawhi enjoys having the ball in his hands, controlling the offense, dictating the tempo with his post-ups. It's how he plays the game. A lot of young players are developing that skill. They don't need another guy. So, Mort, I mean, the Lakers' mm-hmm. whole plan, once they couldn't get Paul George and LeBron this summer, was, all right, let's get LeBron, turn our attention next summer. We got Kawhi, we got KD, you know, we have right. Jimmy Butler, we have a bunch of free agent wings, we have, you know, if they're not sold on Lonzo or they think Lonzo can play the two, we have Kemba Walker, I, I don't think Kyrie is necessarily an option, but... As you said, Eric Bledsoe, Boogie Cousins, if he comes back, and yeah, he's lots, fine. Lots like, guys. Yeah, there are a lot of free agents. How worried should Lakers fans be about KD saying these things? 
first and foremost, I just want to point something out. You know, we've seen on Twitter, at least, I know Twitter can be a cesspool of <laughs> ignorance. Correct. That, you know, we've seen a lot of people on Twitter go after Kevin Durant's um, intelligence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that quote just should kill every ounce of, um, you know, th- that that rumor or that thing that he's not intelligent because look at the way he just laid everything out. Mm-hmm. Like that dude understands the game to a perversely good degree. Yeah. And we really need to give him credit for being a smart guy. Yeah. All right. Moving on from that. You know, I, I think it truly depends on your mindset more so than your skill set. I get what, what Durant is saying and he's right. He's absolutely right. But if you're a guy who has those abilities, but you're also wired in a different way where you can share the spotlight, mm-hmm. and I'm in in particular, I'm looking at Dwayne Wade, you, yeah. young Dwayne Wade. Yeah. If you're wired to being willing to share the spotlight, and you're wired to wanting to win more so than anything else, mm-hmm. then I think you find a way. Then mm-hmm. I think you look at LeBron and go, you know what? That is one of the best players in the game. Because honest, I, I can't right now sit here and say he's the best player in the game. I can't say that right now. Uh, there's th- There are too many candidates out there mm-hmm. in the current climate that are just... I cannot say it right. But he's, he's right there at the very least. Top five player at minimum. Probably top three as well. Of course you look at what he can do. Mm-hmm. Of course you look at how far he can take you. But you also have to factor in age. You also have to factor in what LeBron kind of does. You know, the way that he does things is he's understanding initially. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, he's not. And then he rever- reverts back. So if you're a superstar and you know these things going in, you also know, okay, I have to change my game for the first 20 games. Right. I actually have to like tailor myself to LeBron and there's no certainty in him not going back and just playing his own style because LeBron is going to LeBron regardless of what I do, regardless of the status that I have. Mm-hmm. Even Kevin Durant, a guy who plays mostly off the ball, a guy who can play with Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson, I mean, even him, who would theoretically fit very well next to LeBron. hmm could have troubles playing with LeBron because the change in mindset might occur whenever LeBron feels like it. And Brian Windhorst had a piece on LeBron's relationship with Wade where yeah. he also more or less stated that LeBron, you know, is is a weird cat. Like, he loves <laughs> to have these close relationships, but business be business, boy. Right. Like, if something comes up... That is that is more important for him than that relationship, mm-hmm. or you know whatever that takes precedent. Like LeBron will change his mindset immediately. Yeah, like he will switch priorities on you, and if that's the case, bye bye. Right, right. So, you know, I I think they know that he's king. Mm-hmm. He knows that he's king, and there's a certain fear factor involved with that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think. The problem for the Lakers looking ahead to 2019 is if those top three wings, if KD, Jimmy, and Kawhi don't want to go there, you have, in theory, you have your franchise point guard in Lonzo. In theory, you've got your wing. Yeah, I know. In theory, I said. 
but even right, if you don't, enough. like it's Kemba or bust basically because Kyrie already said he's staying in Boston. So unless Demarcus Cousins comes back and mm-hmm. is the boogie of old, which you know, given the history of Achilles injuries, doesn't seem all that likely. Well, I mean, we'll yeah. see. Like the jury very much remains out. Like to me, he feels like the biggest wild card on the free agent market next summer. But like, I mean, Clay Thompson would be a perfect fit for that Lakers team. Yes, but yes. I don't think he's I was leaving. Just about to say that. But why would he no. leave the Warriors? He's not going. No, leave he's the not going to. No, no. I. But we're talking hypotheticals right. here, and you're right. Like that would be the one guy. Yeah. Where it would make absolute sense because here's the thing about Clay, right? He doesn't care. He mm-hmm. is so zen. It's yeah. not even a matter of their games fitting seamlessly because they do. Clay is a catch and shoot guy, mm-hmm. primarily. So obviously, you know that that plays right into LeBron's strength. Right. But Clay is just like, oh, what is there drama? <laughs> I don't right. know. I just woke up. Right. Like strolls late into practice. By the way, we need to speak about this at some point. Like apparently, Clay Thompson is late for practice on a routinely basis. And we never really hear about it or any fines or whatever. Uh-huh. These Warriors must have a very lax set of rules. If like, you kind win, of dig it. If you win three titles in four years, you could probably you probably right. get a little more leeway <laughs> than the Bulls. I'm just imagining Clay coming in to practice in, like, slippers. Yeah. And just going, hey, guys. With Rocco. Not saying a word. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, Clay would be, you know, the obvious yeah. candidate. for. It. But, but here's the thing, though. You can say that with Clay and every damn team in the league. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was lusting after him as a free agent target, but then it was like, it just became right. so obvious. But So that's kind of my point, is like, if the Lakers decide, you know, if they're really still trying to angle after free agency, but there really aren't that many guys who make sense and, or who seem like they would be willing to take that backseat to LeBron is their Mm -hmm. best route to acquire their second star. Should they maybe consider a trade? Should they go after a guy like a Bradley Beal before they even get with with who though? With who? I, with some of their young guys, Lonzo, Ingram, Kuzma, Hart. All right. And then salary. Kuzma has built up too much equity in the fan base in Los, Los Angeles. I feel Mm-hmm. I, I mean that would be a hard sale sell right. from from you know the a PR perspective. Um, Lonzo, you know, oh he is so good defensively. Mm-hmm. I I mean he really is, but offensively he's just he's so raw. Mm-hmm. And I didn't I don't think anyone really expected him to be this raw. And then obviously there, there's the whole Voldemort ankle. Like he's, <laughs> right, you know he's been silent this year. Thankfully, primarily, you know, because of LeBron is yeah. my theory. Yes. Now imagine Lonzo Ball on a team where there's no LeBron. Right. Yeah, like Washington. Oh, <laughs> I know exactly. Ernie Grunfeld versus Voldemort. Yeah. Could you imagine? You know. No, no I, 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 I just don't think that package is there, man. I mean, I mean, it would have to involve KCP most likely, but he can veto any trade. So that makes it complicated. It's Josh Hart, but like you shouldn't trade Josh Hart. Ingram, like I feel like Ingram is probably the centerpiece. 
But is haven't we figured out Ingram by now? <laughs> if you say Andrew Wiggins 2.0, Lakers fans are no, never no, gonna no. Okay. No, 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 yeah. no. It's not it's not that bad. It's just but we we've kind of seen the writing on the wall a little bit. Like he's not he's not going to be that secondary superstar. I I mean, yeah, there's time right. and he might you know, I, I remember when he was drafted, I routinely made this comparison. I said he's he could have a Luol Dang career where he like made a couple all star teams, mm-hmm. is a fine starter for ten plus years, mm-hmm. and that's about it. That's not a bad career, by the way. That's right. not being a bust. That's not that's 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 a that's a positive. Mm-hmm. Right now, he seems to be playing into that. I think the problem with Ingram, like, I'm not giving up on him long term. The problem is he's 21. LeBron is 32, 33. Like, their timeline is from eight. Yeah, he's going to be 34 this month. Right. So, like, by the time Ingram is ready to be a centerpiece of a championship team, LeBron Jr. is going to be in the league. Oh God, that whole angle. Yeah, <laughs> but I get but it. you know what? So like, I think if you're the Lakers, I get Ingram still got you know some pretty considerable upside, and LeBron thinks he's going to mm-hmm. be the next big thing. But if you're the Lakers and you're looking at 2019 free agency and you're seeing like it's bleaker than you would hope, or it seems to be right. at this moment, do you go and move a guy like Ingram to get more help, and then? Then you can turn around to these free agents and say, "All right, well now you're playing with LeBron and Bradley Beal, or at and someone else, making it more enticing. Come be our third member of our big three. Yeah, but then you already spend some money, uh, at least on getting a guy yeah, who's yeah. on a bigger salary. So what? Here, here's the preferred option, if you ask me. So you should maybe trade Brandon Ingram and a, maybe even a draft pick and a couple of guys." To get a different guy on a rookie deal. I don't know who, but someone who's better than Ingram, who's still on a rookie deal, so you actually maintain that salary uh, flexibility. Yeah. You know, come free agency. Right. I don't know who. Again, that's like I know. just hypothetically. That's the tricky thing. It's almost yeah. like LeBron chose the Lakers for reasons that don't involve basketball. Because if you consider the basketball fit, oh. it's just uh, it's becoming progressively more difficult to imagine him winning a championship in LA just out of curiosity if the Lakers were really open-minded mm-hmm. and they were to package Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram uh-huh. like what could you get for those two I would assume something pretty good right I would think so yeah like that's when we can talk about like Bradley Beal and those guys like all-star right? level players yeah, like they they have the packages to make something happen. I here's an idea. Brandon Ingram for Jalen Brown. I, I mean, our, well, we don't really have any Boston fans left anyway because you scared them off <laughs> like a year ago. But how quickly would they say no, <laughs> Boston? Yeah, probably pretty quickly. But I mean, Brown has struggled. A bit this season. Oh, oh yeah, no, no, no. I look, I'm there. Yeah. I, I think that's that's a lot. I think that's somewhat fair value, honestly. Right. I just I anticipate that Boston will be all high and mighty about it. And yeah. Going, nah. Yeah. I would think so too. But I mean, yeah, I I think I think those two values align a little bit more favorably um, than than most would have you believe. Uh, well, I guess Brown would. 
you know, you're yeah. talking about <laughs> a, a guy, I don't think salary-wise, again, it's going to be tough. It's just going to be tough for LA to make something work in general unless you get Rondo or KCP on board. But how about a CJ McCollum or a Dame? Oh, okay. Oh, wait. Hang on. So we out, we already remember we just shipped Dame to to Philly. to to Philly. Right. Undo that. So now the follow up. Yeah. No. So now the follow up is CJ McCollum to the Lakers. They, mm-hmm. The Portland Trailblazers just blow it up. Yeah. No. Okay. In seriousness, Dame to L.A. That's an interesting one because Dame and LeBron, yeah. like, they should be able to function, right? I, I mean, Dame so. is more, yeah, like, he's he's Kyrie Irving on steroids, but just better. <laughs> I mean, even better, even better than that. Like, he's he's just, he's so much, so much more potent offensively. Mm-hmm. Like, from a leadership perspective, he's better. I want to say he's actually a better defender as well, even mm-hmm. though he's not great. He, he actually makes an effort that Kyrie frequently doesn't. Yeah, I, I mean, depending on the package, yeah, I think those two could work. Yeah, I, I, I'm just saying, like, I'm not going to be surprised. I know there's rumors linking the Lakers to like Trevor Ariza or something like that. I feel yeah, like they right. gotta, they gotta look bigger. They're, I think they're gonna go hard. Or I think they should, at least. Like, they have to have their sights set on a bigger prize because I think if they're really pinning their hopes to 2019 free agency, they are setting themselves up for a massive disappointment. And I think, you know, that's... Well, it's the Lakers. They're used to that. (laughs) I know. But, like, I I think those KD comments were really illuminating and in, like, why you can't pin all of your hopes on free agency. Even if you have LeBron James and even if you're the Lakers, some guys may just not want that. Oh, I mean, look, that thing, you know, about putting all your eggs in the free agency basket, you and I have spoken about this at length. Yeah. It is always a bad idea. Right. Look, there are three ways you can improve your team. It's free agency, it's trades, and it's the draft. Mm-hmm. To me, if I ever ran a ball club, free agency would be the lowest on that list. Yeah. And I get the whole aspect of trades, you know, oh, you have to give up to get something. Right, but at times a trade can do wonders. Just look at Toronto right now. Mm, yeah, sometimes it's just worth it, and right? it takes you from point A to point B. So, depending on who you get, my question to you, Brian, is this: At what point do we stop considering what LeBron wants, given his age? Like, sure. at what point do we stop going? Oh, they have LeBron, so that means they need to wait, go into win now mode. Like, yeah. at what point do we just go? Oh, you know what? Shh, just focus on yourself. Well, just let LeBron be LeBron. Just focus on your development. He's, I mean, he's signed for three years with that fourth year player option. So I can tell you what's going to happen to that fourth year player option if they, you know, if they go that route. And so what? At that point, he's what thirty six. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, I I don't know, man. The Lakers are going to be. That's what I'm, I'm, like they're just going to be really interesting to follow of the teams that I'm most excited to see what happens with over the next couple months. Them and Philly are close to the top of the list for me. Yeah, well, I can see that. I can see that. But I'm just saying, you know, LeBron at 36, then they've had him for three years. That's a lot of tickets, a lot of jerseys sold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like no titles. 
Well, I mean, come on. Let's be honest. Outside of Golden State, where could LeBron have gone that would have gotten them a title? I think he would have had a legit shot in Philly. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. I mean, I get that he's a better jump shooter now than he was before. Mm -hmm. He's still not one of those natural spacers. Like, from a shooting perspective, he's very similar to Jimmy Butler. Yeah, no, I, I... I think they could have, but like, couldn't they have made the same trade they made for Jimmy? Oh, just for a shooter, you mean? Well, no, like use the same guys, just trade. Oh, for Jimmy? Yeah. Oh, so it's so it's Embiid, Ben, Jimmy, and and LeBron. Mm-hmm. Or again, then then you could start looking at Ben trades. <sighs> well, okay, now you're enticing me because then if you actually had done that. And you then moved Ben for Dame. Well, okay, now we're talking about a, a financial flexibility or right. f- financial uh, financials that just don't work. But yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get your drift though. Yeah. Yeah, I get your drift. I, even even then, even so, I'm just I'm not on board with the whole. Hey, let's change our entire, you know, structure of the team to fit LeBron, who's yeah. going to be 34. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm just not down with that at this point. I don't think teams should do it. Like, we, we continuously see where, where he leaves teams when he goes away, you know? Right. Like, well, and I think they're just, they have no assets. I think in part, that's probably why he chose the Lakers, because they're more of a blank slate. And he knew, like, the Sixers aren't trading Embiid. If he doesn't work with Embiid, they're stuck together. But with the Lakers, there isn't a single untouchable on that roster. Or there shouldn't be. I mean, they, right. You know, they have a bunch of young, intriguing guys, but none of those guys rise to the level of we will not trade this guy for anyone. Yeah. So basically, he came to the Lakers to be a GM. Yeah. And to make yeah. movies. All right. And to make movies. <laughs> Look, I saw that Amy Schumer film. It was not good. Oh, come on. He was very good in that. He was? You think yeah. so? Yeah. Oh. He was yeah. funny. Oh. He was one of the best parts. Him and John Cena were the highlights of that movie. <laughs> I don't know. I I I couldn't I couldn't concentrate over the fake hairline. Mm, that's fair. Well, on that note, <laughs> I think we're gonna wrap up here. Thank you to all for listening. As always, please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles to so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes. So please subscribe, download, leave some five star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker. So check them out at Spreaker. Until next time. I'm Brian Tapork, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. I'll call up the National Podcasters Association and tell them that uh, we're working too hard. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! 
Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.